Welcome back, everybody, to Gay with God. And today I'm here with a very special guest. I'm actually related to this person. Mm -hmm. So I'm so excited about this. I'm going to introduce you to my cousin, Brandon. And um, his bio is very short, but it's very meaningful to me. I read it and I just love it. Out of all parts of life, Brandon is most interested in the arts of healing. He is a life coach and yoga instructor whose practice focuses on mindfulness, spirituality, and holistic wellness. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So um, I did not know that you were into yoga for the longest time and you're still into real estate, right? Yes, I do have my broker's license. Um, and it's just fascinating to me. It's definitely a hard industry to be in like starting out um so yeah I just love it though it's really interesting well and I've seen some of the posts that you've done previously and I mean you've got some nice things so mm -hmm. and you're in the Chicago area correct yeah okay so if you guys are relocating <laughs> to, <laughs> to the Chicago area and you need some places to squat I want you to look up my cousin Brandon Hines because he he can find you some really nice places. So, so, <laughs> I, so now I've put it out there. And, yes. um, and I've also seen a picture, and I'll, I'm going to be posting this to the show page of him doing a, a yoga pose. And I, I want y'all to know that the boy has some flexibility. And, <laughs> and I love yoga. Uh, and I love meditation. And I love being able to talk about faith journey stories. So, so Brandon, you know, I know, I know your mom. Mm -hmm. uh, I know your grandparents and, um, but it's been a long, long time since you and I've been together. The last time you were around me, I mean, you came down with aunt Sharon, uncle Bob to North Carolina and you were young. How, how young do you think you were? I actually knew that this was going to come up. So I did the math in my head already. <laughs> it has been like 13 years. I was 12 years old when I came down to North wow. Carolina. Wow. Mm -hmm. It was so nice to see you because I remembered before that you were probably, well, you were potty training before that the last time I had seen you. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell that story, but um, a lot has changed since then. A lot has changed. <laughs> and now I'm in my 60s and I'll probably be regressing from my potty training in the next 20 or 30 years. Who knows? <laughs> I always figured I would live to be at least 100. So I've got some time, you know, I've got some time. Yeah. But so so knowing your family and knowing my family, um, and I think you guys were probably different from how we were raised in the South. But when did you start to recognize that you you might be gay? So. I kind of like had that underlying feeling when I was very young, like mm. first grade, second grade. Wow. Um, and then moving on into like junior high, I kind of told myself like, oh, this is just a phase where like all the other boys my age are looking at all the other boys our same age and just being curious. And then I like moved into high school and then I was like, you know, I just really can't keep telling myself that same thing. Um, when like it just started to feel so heavy so I was like mm. yeah I just need to need to just accept this for myself and it'll be fine and it turned out really fine okay um, so yeah. so when did you tell your family did they already know or had they talked about it at all I had told my parents um after I had like test run it on a few friends at first <laughs> and my really good friend Lauren at the time I told her freshman year of high school in math class I was like 
she's like you know if you have something to tell me it's fine like you could do I'm your best friend it is gonna be okay and I was like girl I don't know what you're talking but you know like limp wrist and everything I, girl I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> and then I was like okay fine like you're right like I'm by 24 hours later, the floodgates were open. The next time I saw her in math class, I was like, you know, when I told you yesterday I was by, I'm just kidding. I'm just gay. It's just, there's no in the middle. It's all the way to the right. Yeah. Yeah. And then a couple more friends after that. And I first told my mom uh, the summer between freshman and sophomore year, uh, not in like, a, mom, there's something I need to tell you. It was like, she was like, oh, your friend Lauren, like, she's really cute. And like, you guys hang out a lot together. Um, why don't you can like, have you thought about dating her? I was like, mom, we are just friends. And that is it. And she's like, but she's so cute. And like, you guys have so much in common. I was like, no, mom. And she's like, why do you like boys? And I was like, yup. And then <laughs> it was like, just silent the rest of the car ride home. And then oh. a few minutes later, when we got home, she was like, you know, when you said earlier that you like boys, I was like, what about it? Because I was still hot at that mm-hmm. moment because it was like a confrontational type of thing. Mm-hmm. She was like, did you mean it? And I was like, yeah, I really did mean it. Um, that's really like how I feel. And there is really nothing to change. Like, that's just who I am. And she was like, oh, okay. And like, that was really it. It was just like that first initial confrontation mm-hmm. where I had just been bottling things up and she mm-hmm. meant it as a joke and I took it more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everything since that then with her was great. You know, she's like, I love you. You'll always be my, you know, I love you. You're my son. So I was very fortunate in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with my dad, it was very different. Uh-oh. Not like, it wasn't like the complete opposite. I would say mm-hmm. out of the two extremes, it was in the middle where there was just absolutely no reaction from him at all I did kind of spring it on him one fall evening I was like dad there's something I need to tell you and he was like I gotta get to the chiropractor can it wait and I was like uh I guess so and then (laughs) I was like what why what and he was like I'm gay and then he didn't really say anything I Mm -hmm. think it kind of shocked him he just grabbed Mm -hmm. and he left which Mm -hmm. I don't blame him for that like you know out of all people though um my mom said that he did not know or like had no inclination that I was gay. Oh, wow. I was like, that is shocking to me because mm-hmm. like I'm not the most masculine. I think I like lie right in the middle where I can turn it on like a light switch where I'm more feminine one time and then mm-hmm. more masculine the other. Mm-hmm. So I figured just growing up as a kid where I didn't have that ability to turn things on and off so easily, he might have had some type of hint that I would have you know, that I am gay. So mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that people don't remember is that, you know, as, as we are going through the journey of recognizing in ourselves who we might be. And, and I, of all the people I interview, you guys, not all, not all guys, but you guys seem to get it quicker than, than women. I don't know what that is about our DNA, but mm. I, I have had some gay friends that are, are female that also knew really early. And I think I could have known, but I was too scared to know we were, you know, in the religious noble family, you know, my grandfather was a minister, mm-hmm. my uncle was a minister and the teachings that we got in church were just so condemning that mm-hmm. uh, I've said before on the part, I was scared to tell. I would, even if I had figured it out, I was scared to tell, but right. when we do tell our parents, 
you know, we've had this time to kind of transition in our own mind and soul as to who we are. And then we're going to prepare to come out. And then when we tell them they have no prep time, you know, especially mm-hmm. if they've been in denial, you know, your father may have had just shut it down and not thought about it, but, right. um, they don't have the prep time. And sometimes their first reaction, they may regret for a lifetime because they really didn't expect to have to, to hear it. Um, but I'm glad that I'm glad that your parents both had, you know, you in mind, you know, and even if they had questions or even if they didn't understand what was going to happen, if they had any religious background at all and bought into the, the interpretations that were given to us and, um, it's, it's hard on them because then they also have to take that picture of, oh, you're going to grow up and you're going to marry that really nice girl and you're going to give us babies and I'm going to be a grandma. <laughs> yeah. And I also don't want kids. So that I think my mom took that a little bit yeah. harder than just me being gay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think that I agree with how it could be shocking with mm-hmm. the mindset and the difference um, growing up, which yeah. I try to give. I tried to give my parents a little bit of grace because I know that it it is different. It's a different time. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because back in the day we didn't talk about it at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if it was talked about, it was not pretty, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not not a good ending. So were you guys raised in the church? Did you, did you go to church? I have never been to church with my parents before. Um, I went to church. My, my next door neighbor growing up, She's also an only child. We just kind of adopted one another. And I went to church with her a couple of times. And when I mean a couple of times, it was like literally a couple of times. Uh-huh. And I don't know. It just was like, I had the resources to go, but deep down my, my soul really knew that what I was hearing uh-huh. wasn't right. And the only uh-huh. thing that I was hearing was that being gay is not okay. Uh-huh. And that kind of just turned me off completely to mm-hmm. any type of higher being connection. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I'm like, that's doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me how I'm supposed to be loved. But that one, that one thing just ruins my report card. Like it just didn't make <laughs> sense to me. So you passed everything else, but now you failed the year because of one thing. <laughs> exactly. So I, it took me a really long time to, like open up that side of myself to be open and accepting to the abstract. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I really connect more with like energetic things now and yoga and pretty much that whole yogic lifestyle is what really calls to me. And I didn't Mm -hmm. really connect to a type of faith until um, I was about, I don't know, is it like, do you say 20 and a half when you're like counting years? You can. Okay. I was 20 and a half and I was taking an intro to world religion and I had a project to interview some leadership role in um, a religion and nobody got back to me. I reached out to a bunch of churches. Nobody got back to me and I'm like, I'm going to fail this assignment. And somebody I was working with, she was like, why don't you just come over to our meeting and you can get your project done and it'll be great. Um, and I was like, fine. And it was a Buddhist, um, Mm. you know, just district in Oswego, Illinois. Uh, and yeah, so I went in for, in the mindset of like, I'm just going to do this to get a project done. 
and I ended up sitting and it ended up like really shifting a lot of things mm-hmm. in my body when I was sitting with them. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Do you still practice that? I do practice the mindset as often mm-hmm. as I can. However, the actual practice is a little bit more difficult for me because I just get really distracted. (laughs) Well, it's a lot of steps. You know, when I was struggling and walked away from the church, for sure, um, once I figured out I was gay um, and, you know, I tried several times to to find a place to worship that was open. And uh, early on, the MCC church was a good gift to me because that that gave me that bridge from you're going to hell to, oh, all of you people are still singing the camp songs and the uh, <laughs> you're, you're reading out of the Bible and you think right. that you're going to heaven. So, you know, that was kind of cool. And that gave me that bridge. But, um, you know, I definitely started reading more about Buddhism and, and the precepts and, and all the mindsets. And it's a lot, you know, (laughs) it's a lot to remember, but the thing I take away from that is that it's the gentleness of just being in the moment and, Mm -hmm. and allowing things to come to you and to, to be the, I love the middle way. I love the middle way, just, you know, find the middle and, and be loving and be kind. And I think that most, um, organized religions, if you took it just from a love perspective, every faith has a love perspective and it's the radicals and the, (laughs) you know, the people that want to, to focus on one thing, like you said, the report card, I'm going to focus on this one thing. I'm not going to look at all of Leviticus and all the codes that I'm breaking, but I'm going to pull out this one thing and take it out of context and then condemn a whole group of people who were created by God. Um, So, you know, right. but I love that middle way. Um, and I, I love meditation and I love yoga. Um, and so I, I, I've been able to take what I love about Buddhism and my distractibility also <laughs> see we're related <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, be able to take a spiritual approach to my faith. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm still working on that. I mean, I'm uh, just in the last year or so, was I able to say the word God and not have a visceral feeling of panic or want to throw up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that I'm emerging into allowing myself to, to lean more in to that deeper relationship. And, um, and it's still a journey. I mean, it's not perfect and it's not going to be for a long time, but, um, you know, there, there again, it's the middle way I can have a little bit of this and I can have a little bit of that and, and walk in love. Exactly. And that's kind of what I tried to adopt when I was younger, Mm-hmm. not really having anything to connect to I was like oh I like that that's kind of cute or mm-hmm. I like oh that seems fun and like that's going to keep me a good person so I really relate to what you just said mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and the thing is that you already are a good person mm-hmm. you are a good person and and you know I don't think our faith determines our goodness um, I think it enhances our goodness and it gives right. us a way to channel it but yeah I love that. I love that you're into that. And I love that you have found that for yourself. So were there any times in your faith journey that you, you really felt conflicted or that, that someone just walked away from you because they couldn't take it or they couldn't understand it, or they didn't want to be around you? Um, just because I was gay, mm-hmm. not really. Um, I don't have, like, when you say that, nothing really, like, comes up for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like 
I feel very fortunate to be yeah. able to say that. Yeah. Have you had any situations where because you're gay, you feel like you were discriminated against? You know, there's been that hot button topic in the last year or so that oh, we can't make a cake for you because, oh, my God, <laughs> you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> yeah. So I have always had I grew up very ignorant and I still have a little bit of that like type of ego in me because I'm an only child. And like my parents just made me feel like I was the most important because I was all they had. So that kind of still sticks with me in a false sense of confidence. So when I feel confronted on the street by any type of like toxic masculinity, Mm -hmm. the voice in my head, am I allowed to swear on here? Is that like, yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. When a toxic masculine dude says a comment to me, like the F word or things like that, in the back of my mind, I'm like, bitch, I am a bad (laughs) ass. So I just like really have tried to brush it off. And like, Mm -hmm. they don't really know me. They're just making an assumption off of possibly their own insecurities. Yeah. So that's just the kind of armor that I wear when I go about. and often I just sometimes I just don't say anything, but that voice in my head really keeps me going where it's like, no, just keep on, just keep going. It's not your problem. Don't give them a reaction. Um, but a time that I may or I definitely felt a little insecure was when I was when I joined the military um, and I was, you know, I'm gay and there is like a whole type of stigma that I had growing up about joining the military and being gay and my mom was like they're gonna be mean to you and I was like mom I'm the bully just be just it's gonna be fine I can stick up to myself um and so they none of them knew that I was gay until I told them like weeks into training and yeah I just I don't know. They just all stopped kind of like talking to me and wow. yeah, it was like, it was like, Oh yeah, I'm gay. And they were like, they did one of these oh. and they just <laughs> like turned their head and like oh. went back to their little clicks. And um, I was like, Hey, I'm cool. I'm fine. There was like five out of 52, a group of 52 guys. I was one of like the five student leaders And I was like, I don't really need any of their validation. Like I'm Uh seeing it from the actual military training instructors that I'm doing something right. So Uh I feel good. But I would say like those were the only two times. Wow. So that that had to have been after the don't ask, don't tell thing. (sighs) Yeah, Uh, this was in 2020. The summer of 2017 was when I went down to San Antonio um for air force basic military training wow wow so it was a lot far after uh, mm-hmm. don't ask don't tell and they actually i could go into the recruiter and say that i'm gay and they really couldn't do anything about it mm-hmm. um so yeah so how did what were you going to train to do well, my job that i had contracted for was called airborne crypto linguist and Broken down, that means I'd be up in a plane deciphering a foreign language to see if it was a threat or not, and then res- like figuring out how we would respond to it. Wow. Um, which 
that sounded like a lot of fun to me and <laughs> like flying around speaking a foreign language like making money fun fun um and then it was kind of like a bait and switch situation with myself mm. which is fairly common like and I feel comfortable saying that because the military provides so much for so many people that it's just in my situation that it didn't work out. And so mm-hmm. because they weren't going, couldn't be able to really give me that job once I went down and was in basic training, I was like, I don't want to do this. This was the only job that I wanted. And because I'm not going to get it, I'm done here. And oh. I left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, you put your toe in the water and you decided it didn't feel right. And Right. Exit stage left. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> I love your attitude. I love how you show up to your life and you, you're looking for not necessarily other people's validation, but you're looking for your own validation. Am I feeling right? Is, am I comfortable in my own skin? How did you learn that? Um, it came from really the exact opposite of trying to always be a people pleaser And I felt exhausted Mm. and I'm like, I'm trying to play a perfect role and be this cookie cutter type of perfectionist that Mm -hmm. is just exhausting and you get burnt out. And Mm -hmm. I realized that I wasn't really being as authentic as I could with my opinion, because I think that that is really important is to Mm -hmm. have a solid opinion and everything else kind of trickles down from there. So Mm -hmm. yeah, just always wanting to be a people pleaser. And of course, heartbreak is a really big one. Um, Have had a a learning relationship with heartbreak. And that has Mm -hmm. also helped me to say, I will be fine. And this will be okay. And I can learn, learn something from this. And I think having Mm -hmm. that mindset has personally helped me look forward to what comes next. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the health that comes with that attitude. I mean, you just, your body has to be just all energized because you know what direction you're headed. And if that direction doesn't work out, then you trust yourself enough to pivot and then you mm-hmm. can look for the pain and what's the lesson in the pain because mm-hmm. in the pain and and that's what we can't avoid i mean we're always wanting to avoid the pain but the pain has the juiciest lessons mm-hmm. and and for us to remember that there's always something else i read this really um i don't know what the word is it was unsettling uh that someone had posted on facebook that um that they had thought um I thought of suicide today, but I'm still here. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, I've been in, you know, a Facebook uh, connection with this person for a while. And I know that they had had a child and I said, I said, I love, I'm glad that you're still here. And you certainly would have missed out on that child. Yes. Had you not been. And, and I followed up with that by saying, you know, there is always something after the dark night of the soul. Yes. You know, we don't realize it in the moment. And I've been there too. I've been there too. So I understand that when you think it's all over, if you could only pause and if we could, if we could like do some kind of fast forward future thing to see Mm -hmm. what's next, there's always going to be something next. And it's Mm -hmm. always going to be much better than where we're ruminating in that moment. Yeah. That's exactly what, um, 
contributed to or like that mindset and exactly what you just said mm-hmm. was something I learned after like I would say my first breakup and I got a giant tattoo of a lighthouse on my arm to symbolize like in your time of need there's always some place that you can look to get you where you need to be Ooh. and I kind of like pictured myself or the situation like you're in the ocean there's a big storm and like you see just one flash of light and that's where you that's where the direction you go it could just be for a split second Mm -hmm. and whatever lights you up and makes you feel something I just say follow that yeah oh that's a good analogy I love that that's (laughs) good that's really good and so every time you now look at that lighthouse on your arm that's Mm -hmm. a that's your indication to remember that Yes. And something tangible like that is really important. Like when, you know, when kids are coming out or when anybody's coming out and it's so oppressive for some folks and there's danger and there's getting kicked out. Um, The, the guest that I had previously, Mike Rickard had a song about six queer kids and he did a video and everything. And it was all about how that one in one in six kids dies on the streets you know, daily because they've been kicked out of their homes. And it's a very poignant song about the real danger for, for folks coming out in a highly religious or oppressive family. And, um, and, and that's not exclusive. I know there are some very religious people and spiritual people who love their children, but, um, but it's, it's very daunting to know that, that when, when you're just trying to be authentically you and you come out, you know, it, it doesn't always go well. And for you to have that one thing, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just the religion. I'm glad you said that. It's not just the religion. I mean, in this toxic environment that's been swirling around for the last few years, I mean, it's, it's more powerful than ever and more blatant than ever that who you are or the color of your skin can really get you killed. Um, and I can't tell you how many times on Facebook, I get a notice of another trans person being killed because they're trans and for no other reason, but they're trans. So, you know, our, our community, the LGBTQ community, um, has always, people don't realize that back in the day when the Jews were being killed and, you know, in Germany, well, the gay people were being killed too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we're, there were lots of people being killed because yeah. none of us matched up to what Hitler's expectations were for a human race. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've all had a target on our back and it just depends on how well we can stay in the flow of our own authenticity and then bind together to make a louder voice. Yeah, exactly. And I think to just tangent off of what you just said, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to feel consumed because oftentimes in an oppressive situation, you don't have the resources to have a different mindset or to know that there are, especially when you're young, like there are people out there that is, they're your tribe. Like they think Mm -hmm. the exact same way that you do. They will be your best friend and they will cheer you on with everything that you do. But in that moment, you don't know that. And Mm -hmm. until you reach that point, it's just really heavy. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. but that's one thing that I really learned was that like, there are weirdos out there just like me. They don't need to be uh, gay or anything. They could just be like just weird people. And those are my people. And (laughs) you just need to like find your tribe and go with them. (laughs) Love that. They're my tribe. They're weird people are my tribe. (laughs) 
So, so I'm, I'm glad that, you know, that your parents were, were open and affirming um, once they got over the shock <laughs> and the loss of grandchildren, yeah. <laughs> that, which is expected. Um, and, and did you, did you feel inclusivity from all of your extended family as well? Yeah, I did. Um, pretty much actually everybody, but my dad, I feel like was the one, my dad was the one that had the hardest time and mm-hmm. He never, like I said, he didn't say anything to me. He was never, never raised his voice at me about me coming out. It was just, it took him a long time to accept it. And Mm -hmm. throughout the rest of high school, I really didn't have a relationship with him for two years until I Mm. went to college. Mm. So, um, What was that like? Was was that different than before? I mean, if you were to look at your, your relationship with dad before you came out and after, what was the difference? there really wasn't much of a difference other well no I take it back um after I came out it was a lot worse like hardly spoke Mm -hmm. to him at all for two years and like that kind of hurt because I'm like you're Mm -hmm. my dad Mm -hmm. and like the whole thing where people tell you when you're growing up like your parents are the ones that are supposed to accept you and um when that wasn't my reality I was like okay well like this is really weird and shocking Mm -hmm. so like what am I going to do with this and I think that he realized that I was going to grow up and go to college and make a life for myself and I didn't really I wasn't going to stop because he didn't want to like have a relationship with me I'm just Mm going to keep going and then after I think he figured that out um things got a little bit better for sure Mm -hmm. you know I don't know. It's just, I've always had a weird relationship with him. Okay. So, so this wasn't out of the blue necessarily that he was distant, but that it just got way worse. Right. Just a complete withdrawal. I feel to the point where I remember walking downstairs and like the conversation just stopping. Um, Yeah. So it just made me feel very unwelcomed in, Mm -hmm. in, that interaction but whenever he was in the room with anybody mm-hmm. um and yeah so yeah okay. well i'm glad i'm glad that it's better than mm-hmm. it was for those two years so whatever you have now is better than it was um but that's you know that that's that's the thing that happens you know that parents have this one th- thought about how we're supposed to be from birth and they forget that we are individual human beings not here to be what they imagine us to be right we are created to be on our own mission you know we Mm -hmm. all come here for a purpose i think and and that's revealed to us as we go i don't think any of us really now some some folks like i'm a pianist and i've known that since i was little that i don't know those people Right. I've been clueless most of my life. I still wonder, am I on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel I was telling somebody the other day that I just feel so clear and so, so focused right now, as far as Good. where my life is going and how it's going. And, um, you know, it's not exactly the way I thought it would be, um, uh, which is just kind of the way I roll anyway. I mean, I, I go, I just keep going. And I've, I've said in some places that I'm a professional hummingbird. I, I come over here and I do good. And then I go over here and I do good. That's <laughs> I get attracted awesome. to the light. I love that. <laughs> so I'm a professional hummingbird. So tell me about your coaching practice. 
So it is very new. I, it's mainly just about yoga and what mm-hmm. yoga can do for you and mm-hmm. just getting to your mat and mm-hmm. just taking it one hour session at a time, you know, just <laughs> good. Um, Good. So explain that to people because they don't understand going to the mat. What does that mean? Going to the mat is a phrase among the yogic community. I would say that's kind of just like, come as you are, experience yourself in the moment and just shed anything that you need to for the purpose of personal growth and development is how I would Mm -hmm. say it. Mm -hmm. And coming to the mat is working out. Coming to the mat is soul energy healing. Coming to the mat is therapeutic healing. Like it's Mm -hmm. just everything that you need, mind, body, and soul. Mm -hmm. It's on the mat for you. Mm -hmm. I love that description. So, yeah, I know that I can be in a, in a foul mood Mm -hmm. or I can feel like I don't want to do it today. And then you go to the mat and you roll it out. And you start slow and you just go. And afterwards, it's almost like somebody has lifted a weight off of you. And mm-hmm. and the thing that I really encourage people to do, and I'm not a yogic master by any stretch of the mm-hmm. imagination, but that you, it, there's no set agenda as to how far you go. You go and listen to your body and it doesn't matter. And, you know, when we see you in the triangle pose, you know, that's awesome um and so but so you reach down and you touch your knee if that's where you're at that's that's the beautiful beautiful part about yoga yes exactly like i can work up to being flexible by no means can i do the splits but it's not about (laughs) it's not about doing the splits it's about like when you get there like how do you talk to yourself are you saying i want to just feel the sensation in my body and just push a little bit further or do you say I can't do the splits. I'm never doing this again because you came for one session and like you couldn't do the splits. It's not one That's right. and done. It's about creating a habit for yourself and making it a ritual to mm-hmm. tell yourself that you love yourself. Like that's mm-hmm. what yoga is. It's compassionate mm-hmm. towards you. And when you open yourself up to yourself, you open yourself up to so much more. And that's mm-hmm. what I love about yoga. Yeah, that's beautiful. And and that whole philosophy is come as you are. You know, that's the same thing for us as far as our sexuality and our mm-hmm. orientation is that you come as you are and and you talk lovingly to yourself. You know, inner homophobia is is I think the number one killer that we that we allow that to you know take hold of our soul mm-hmm. and and we believe in all of the chatter around us right. instead of going back to our inner guidance system and and where we feel most comfortable in our own soul and it's hard it's hard to grow up with all those messages and not uh let some of that seep in you know was there ever a time that you that you felt that disconnect because of the other messages when you were younger that you could that you felt a little bit of that for yourself a little bit of the resistance yeah um um I would say really only in like middle school was I ever bullied like end Mm -hmm. of end of elementary school and then the beginning of middle school and then once I got to high school it was like not anymore Mm -hmm. um 
I remember sitting on the bus on the way to middle school and these two guys that sat in front of me just like kind of stood up while the bus was going and like turned around and punched me in the chest. Oh my. And they're like, that's because you're gay. <laughs> and my neighbor, Carissa, the one who I grew up with, mm-hmm. she was like, stop doing that. He He's not gay. And I was like, kind of like quieting her. I was like, oh, it's okay. Let him hit me. I'm not going to like, you know, I didn't know that. I was like, they're, they're right. They are right. I'm just like not coming out, but I didn't understand that mm-hmm. I shouldn't be humiliated in public because they didn't understand me. And so that mm-hmm. was really the only time. Yeah. It sounds like through, through all of your, your faith journey story is that you've, you've really had a good connection to your own light and that even if other people try to diminish it, your light is so strong and it's never taken you down that road of self-loathing or, um, you know, the inner homophobia that can be so damaging. Yeah. 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 I definitely, yeah, I haven't felt that way about being gay, but there are other things. Everybody has their struggles and Mm -hmm. I think mine is definitely more about, being an accomplished human being. I've always Mm. said, I said when I was younger, like, I don't want to shake somebody's hand. And the first thing that I say is like, hi, I'm Brandon, I'm gay. It's Mm -hmm. not, being gay is not who I am. Mm -hmm. It's a part of what makes me amazing. And like, Mm -hmm. I draw so much strength from being gay that I didn't really know was possible you know like the creativity and the strength to just like walk down the street and hold my partner's hand well Mm -hmm. I live in Chicago so it's a little different but Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it has taught me that like I have a lot more strength in me than I give myself credit for but it does take Mm -hmm. you need to give yourself that space to tell yourself that yes Yes. And, and even in Chicago, I mean, there are risks everywhere, but I'm glad that you are, that you are comfortable enough with yourself and that you are in a place that's a little bit more inclusive, um, here, not so much (laughs) (laughs) in the rural North Carolina. (laughs) Yeah. However, in little rural Asheboro, North Carolina, um, I, I did, uh, with a friend of mine, start an LGBTQ, uh, group on facebook and also in the community we're going bowling on saturday um well yeah (laughs) okay i can tell you the last time i went bowling was probably i don't know 20 30 years ago (laughs) it ought to be epic Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um and we also had uh we were also able to walk in the christmas parade back before the pandemic um because we we applied to do it and we, of course, were the only gay group that applied. So, you know, they couldn't really turn us down. <laughs> so we're out there with our little you know, banner and we walked in the Christmas parade. Um, and, and so, and just um, this past week, I, um, an article had come out that I had been asked to do on rural spirituality and how the gay community is, is reaching for their faith. And so we were on the front page of the paper today. That was That's a surprise. Awesome. Yep. Yep. 
there, me and my wife, uh, <laughs> she didn't know it was going to be in there because in 2019, our dog Roddy, uh, during a morning walk, got attacked by a neighbor's oh. dog and ran off and um, during the trauma and um, was gone for like three weeks. And we like oh plastered this. I mean, people kept saying, oh, you're the one with the poster. <laughs> we had so many posters up and I was online every morning talking about it. And, you know, it, we had so many people helping and, and looking. And until this, to this day, my mother-in-law will go to church and somebody will ask about Roddy because the whole community oh, knew about gosh. Roddy. We had a, we had a coming back party for him a month after he returned at four saints brewing company, great beer with great people. There you go. <laughs> And, um, and I mean, so many people came out and they did a story with him then. And there was a picture, um, that I had taken when we found him, we got him right to the vet. Cause he was in, he was dying. He was in bad, bad shape. He'd Ooh. lost 20% of his body weight and he was really sick. And, um, so at the vet, when we first got him back, there's Sue and, and Roddy in the middle and me, and I snapped the picture. And so the lady that wrote the original article about him coming home and being found because she was writing the article about him being gone to give us more publicity. And before she could finish the article, we found him. And I said, oh. how would you like to turn that? We need to find him till he's been found. <laughs> so she took that picture and made it one of the pictures in that article. So that was logged in to the paper's photo database. So this is the one they I had given them a headshot for the online story, which was what it was supposed to be was online. And then all of a sudden, I get a, a thing on Facebook that says, Hey Midge, I saw your smiling face in the, in the paper today. And I'm like, really? Why? There's <laughs> an article of you in it. And you know, oh, with wow. your, I'm like, well, what was it saying? <laughs> I had no idea it was going to hit the actual paper. So, so even in rural Asheboro, North Carolina, we got some gay stuff going on here. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So that's, that was fun. But anyway, um, so I'm really proud of you, by the way, Brandon, and I'm proud of you not only because of all the things that you've experienced and you've done, I'm proud of you because you get it, that you are a force of your own nature, that however you decide to, to walk in this life, you already have that light in you that says, you know, my faith is in my hands. I create it the way it feels comfortable to me. And whether it be whatever it is, you know, that you feel comfortable in your own skin. And that's all we can ever hope for. And, mm -hmm. um, and whatever you do with all of your abundant gifts, it's you showing up. And the great thing about it is everybody can do that. Yes. And that's yes. what I love so much because when I see somebody else just living their life and doing their thing, I'm like, you better do it because <laughs> It's just so much fun to watch and so much yeah. fun to be around. Yes. Yes. Watching someone flourish into their own authenticity. Mm -hmm. So one of the, is there, before I ask my little final question, is yeah. there anything else that's on your heart and your mind that you want to share about your life, your journey? Um, yeah. So, uh, Something that I have learned is that it does get better because mm. you learn and in the moment it might seem like nothing else is going to get better from that moment, whether you're experiencing a heartbreak or mm. like breaking up with somebody or 
possibly even a loss I haven't experienced that much loss but I mm-hmm. think that it could be applied to anything is like mm-hmm. look for the positive things mm-hmm. and it's easier said than done but we I think as a nation have so much negative mm-hmm. things that we consume that if you just shift it to thinking about the good times or thinking about what you ha- can learn so that way you feel stronger going forward and you won't mm-hmm. make the same mistake maybe then you will get better and you mm-hmm. will feel better and just keep keep going keep pushing mm-hmm. forward and find your people and let mm-hmm. them give you that same energy that you are looking for you know like mm-hmm. just let fill yourself up with the good stuff and call on that when you need to. I love that. I love that. Excellent. So my final question would be, what would you say to a person who's coming out in the climate that we have today? You know, what would be the the piece that you, if you were coming out now and maybe not in such a great situation, what would you want to say to that person? Um, I would say that like, you are you are enough mm. and you are exact you are made exactly how you should be mm-hmm. and that is the source of like where you can find your confidence is creating a relationship with yourself so that way you know who you are you have your roots grown so deep into the earth that you are unshakable that mm-hmm. just having a relationship with yourself if you feel like the world is against you create that space to explore your mind and explore your body and your hobbies and the things that light you up because chances are like those are the things that are going to be carrying you out through the rest of your life the things that you early on feel like you have an attachment to Mm -hmm. and just go with that and create a strong relationship with yourself because that is forever oh wow My little cousin, back in the day, (laughs) you've grown up to be such an amazing person, and I'm very grateful to know you, and I thank you very much for honoring us with your faith journey story. Thank you for inviting me. This has been Mm. so much fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. We got to stay more connected on zoom. This was way too much fun. Definitely. <laughs> it's like, pay attention, Mitch. <laughs> You're supposed to be interviewing someone, <laughs> but, but I loved everything you said. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to thank our listeners for coming back each week, supporting, sharing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see more information and links to connect with Brandon, go to the gay with God show page at empowered Midge dot podbean.com. If you are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with God, if you are authentically gay, God has always been within you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Stay tuned to hear how you can join the gay with God community.